0: Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Progressive Field in Cleveland, it's the Indians 9, the Cincinnati Reds 2. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy watching baseball being played. And I got to watch a little bit of it yesterday, but it was a crazy night for me. I worked an event, and I didn't get home until 1 in the morning. Uh, Luckily, old man softball was rained out this morning, as the Indians game is probably going to be rained out today. So enjoy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms that listen. Go enjoy your day. You may not have a baseball game to watch today. If you're a mom that's a baseball fan, but uh, I'm sure there's other fun things to do, right? I'm going to dig into some projects around the house and get some stuff done. So let's get into the storylines. Let's get into the game and what a difference a day makes, right? That's why in the end, right, we talked about it yesterday, right, two of those teams that have been no hit twice in their season went on to play in the World Series, because in the end, when you look back on the 162-game schedule, all you're going to see is an L, and you could lose 3 nothing and be no hit, you can lose 10-11 in extra innings, in the end, at the end of 162, it's just going to be another L. And yeah, that's that's the attitude you have to have. Baseball fans need to have an attitude a little more like a closer, a little more like a relief pitcher, where it literally doesn't matter what happened the day before, we are coming out to play baseball today, and we got to get the job done. We got to get the job done as fans, which means supporting the team, which means getting up for this city, which means really understanding the game of baseball and the swings, the massive swings that the game of baseball takes. So, enjoy the ride, enjoy the roller coaster, because that's what an MLB season is. And we're just going to keep digging into the game's action here, right? Sure, we might get pissed off. Sure, we might get overly excited about a four-game sweep of the Royals, just as pissed off as we get about being no-hit by the Cincinnati Reds and Wade Miley. But we are going to enjoy the roller coaster ride, the highs and the lows. All right. So uh, I was looking for this. I, I the thought kind of dawned on me yesterday that like not only were the Indians no hit twice, but Zach Plesac was no hit twice, which seems you know absurd, right? The odds that the same starting pitcher who would go out there and battle and put up a pretty good game would get no hit again, and uh, luckily. There's a great follow on Twitter, Sarah Langs. And believe me, if you follow Mandy Bell on Twitter, the Indians beat reporter for MLB.com, you know Sarah Langs because they are BFFs. And uh, Sarah Langs tweeted this out. She's amazing at research. Uh, Zach Plesek has been the starting pitcher both times the Indians have been no hit this season. Only other pitcher in MLB history to start two games where his team was no hit in a season is Jim Perry from the Tigers in 1973. Detroit was no hit by Steve Busby and then Nolan Ryan that season, and Jim Perry went up against both of them. So Hack joins a very, very rare company. Uh, Him and Jim Perry, I feel like, are sitting at the end of a bar somewhere lamenting uh, their two no-hitters they had to face in a season, right? That is an exclusive club. Uh, so, yeah, so that's the last thing about the no hitter. Um, because the Indians hit today. That's the storyline. The Indians hit today. My God, did they come alive. And really, the Indians were doing great things all night. Not just the hitting, right? Not just uh, the amount of hits they were able to put together, which was nice to see, right? After you get no hit, to put 11 hits on the scoreboard. Nine runs just feels good. You just got to get that out of your system, right? It's like going into the basement and screaming when you're really angry, right? You just got to get it out of your system. And the Indians were able to do that last night against Castillo. And it's not only that. It's all the little things that the Indians did last night that was great. Ahmed Rosario hustling around the base paths. He scored from first base, twice on doubles. Ahmed Rosario was the only member of the team that didn't have a hit last night, but he walked twice. And guess what? He made it count each time because a batter behind him doubled and he was able to score from first base. Ahmed Rosario's speed cannot be undersold, right? Do not underrate his speed. It is something that really brings a lot to this lineup. And it brings it to this lineup, whether he's hitting second or whether he's hitting sixth, because we've seen Indians lineups where four, five, six, seven are just slow plotting base runners. Remember the the Hafner and Victor Martinez years, and then Johnny Peralta wasn't much of a runner, and it, it was slow going in the middle of the Indians lineup there for for many years, and. Ahmed Rosario is the kind of guy where he could bring you speed really in any spot in the lineup. And that's big. That's big. I mean, if Fermil Reyes, well, Fermil Reyes will hustle. we know he'll hustle around the bases. We know Josh Naylor, who tagged and scored from third base against uh, Tyler Naquin yesterday. We know he'll hustle around the bases. But to have that actual speed in the middle of the lineup... It turns these doubles, right? Someone hits a double and you score from first. That's huge. How many times have we seen a really nice double, but the runner gets hold on third, and then the rally ends? To be able to get that run in from first is really big. Um, Other great plays. Um, Jimenez. Andres Jimenez. We never talk about defense enough on this show because it just doesn't show up in the box score. It's so hard You know, there's no defensive column on baseball savant. So sometimes it gets lost in the shuffle of all the other stats and things we go over. But Andres Jimenez's diving stop was incredible defense. And we've seen some good defense from him. But that was one of the, probably one of the few great plays we've seen from him so far. And we know there's more great plays in him, right? There will be more diving stops There will be more. We we haven't seen his arm. I don't know if we've really seen his arm tested with that Derek Jeter deep in the hole jump throw or anything like that. Um, I know he's made made one or two errors, I feel like, in the last week. Um, That one where he was shuffling to his left and then just pulled the ball across his body on the throw to first was a rough one. But you got to admit that Jimenez's defense is legit, right? It may not be... It may not be Gold Glove yet, right? There might be a few guys that can that have more range than him or a better arm than him, but you got to admit his defense is pretty legit. Like we in the Francisco Lindor trade, yes, yes, we lost a little star power, right? Uh, Obviously, Lindor's offense has been just brutal to start the season, so we'll assess that at the end of the season. I mean, we'll keep laughing about it as the season goes on, but we'll really assess it at the end of the season. But the defense has not really dropped off that much, right? There might not be as many uh, web gems that make it on baseball tonight with Jimenez, but he's kind of getting the job done out there defensively. And uh, and you can really see the defense when Ahmed Rosario is playing shortstop because he just... He's not smooth on the infield. He's serviceable as a shortstop, right? I mean, if you had to make us a substitution because of an injury or something like that, you're like, okay, it's serviceable, but I don't want to see Ahmed Rosario starting this much at shortstop. Uh, He's actually acclimated okay to the outfield. Again, no diving catches or anything like that, but he can run a ball down and catch a ball. So let's keep that defense going. Um, And then Jimenez drops down a beautiful bunt, an absolutely beautiful bunt. What inning was that in? That was in the sixth inning. That's right. In the sixth inning, he drops down an absolutely perfect bunt. They abandoned the entire left side of the infield, right? They were shifted over for him to pull the ball. And, man, if he could do that, if he can start doing that more often – And it was one of those ones where you love seeing the close-up cam because the ball is just jumping through the grass, and you're waiting for it to spin foul, and it just never does, right? The grass holds it up and keeps it fair. And if he can do that, look out. I mean, he could jump his on-base percentage 20, 30 points if he could just every now and then pull that out of his back pocket and drop a bunt down the line. So definitely keep paying attention to that. And then the big hits, the big hitters—they got their big hits when it counted, right? With guys on base, Eddie Rosario gets that big two-run or that one-run double in the uh, in the first inning, the first hit of the game to kind of get the Indians on the board in both the hit column and the run column. Right there in the first inning, obviously the hustle from Ahmed Rosario makes that happen. But that's a key double. Cesar Hernandez Hernandez's triple comes with the bases loaded, which is huge. Uh, Jose Ramirez's double comes with two guys on base. Again, Ahmed Rosario scoring from first base. So yeah, the big hits were coming with guys on base. Austin Hedges gets a single, opposite field single, with a guy on base. So yeah. That was big for the Indians last night, right? These hits weren't coming with the bases empty. These hits weren't coming, you know, with a runner on first. And like I said, he has to stop at third. uh, And then the rally gets held up there. These hits were coming with guys on base and they were getting around and scoring. So, I mean, that shows hustle from the entire team. Like I said, Josh Naylor tagging up. He scored twice on a fly ball to left and scoring. Jake Bowers has two hits and he comes around to score on one of them. Yeah, the whole team is contributing. That's right. Bauer scored on Hernandez's triple, I believe. So yeah, even Vermeer Reyes is one single. Now, Vermeer Reyes had three hard-hit balls yesterday. In fact, Vermeer Reyes had three of the top four hardest-hit balls on the day. Uh, The only other one mixed in there was Tyler Naquins. I'm guessing that was his home run. Uh, Three of the four hardest-hit balls of the day. Only one gets through, though, and it's the single up the middle. And I'm telling you, I'm over on the Illustrator here on Baseball Savant, and I'm looking at the spray chart for the batters, and I'm telling you that the difference between Fermil Reyes' ground out in the first and Fermil Reyes' single up the middle, we're talking inches. That single is inches to the right of where he hit the ground out. And I believe both hits came with a runner on second base. He grounds out with Eddie Rosario on second base to end the first, but then he's able to get the ground ball through to score Jose Ramirez from second later in the sixth inning. And I don't know if Cincinnati was doing something differently defensively because it felt like the single in the sixth had plenty of room to get through, but we're talking the difference of inches. I mean, they call football the game of inches, which in many ways it is. If you've ever played offensive line in high school football, you know... (laughs) You know on the goal line, every inch matters. But in baseball, I mean, in baseball, inches matter. And uh, in this situation, the difference between a couple of inches to the right is the difference between an RBI single up the middle and a ground out to shortstop. And again, it came at the right time. The one that got through came at the right time with a runner on second who was able to come in and score. So the Indians offense Dean team was just doing great things yesterday, and it was not that way for the Reds. I mean, uh, Tyler Naquin drops a sky-high pop-up. I believe that was from Jake Bowers, and uh, it was just one of those ones where you're like, all right, he's got this. All right, Jake Bowers popped out again, and then boom, hits the heel of his glove, and you're like, What? Is that even possible? Does that even happen in Major League Baseball? I've seen it happen in old man softball about a hundred times, but uh, you do not see that happen in Major League Baseball. And uh, yeah, that was a bizarre one. They also had a, uh, a broken, you know, a chance at a double play that was broken up from a bad throw, a bad angle from a first baseman. I mean, You guys have blamed some Indians players for that in the past, and apparently it happens to everybody because, yeah, it's a weird thing for a first baseman to throw to second with a runner running past him, running, you know, bearing down on the base. It doesn't leave a very big window to throw into, and uh, the Reds paid for it yesterday, right? They could have turned a double play. Instead, that inning turns into something. So uh, the Indians were doing great things while the Reds just weren't. And uh, the final storyline, we always have to look at the pitching matchup, of course, because Castillo was struggling coming into this game. He was uh, was not having a good time of it, and it did not get any better in this game. The final line for Castillo, four innings pitched, five hits, six runs, only four earned. Like I said, a bunch of errors. How many errors were they actually credited with yesterday? They were actually credited with two errors, probably those two we talked about. Uh, so yeah, uh, six runs, only four earned, two walks, and only two strikeouts on 84 pitches. He was hard hit only five times. All five, I, I can't even say all five went for hits because I know for me, Reyes had a bunch of hard hits that did, were outs. But Castillo was only hard hit five times. Savali on the other side, seven innings pitched, five hits as well, but only one run allowed, two walks, five strikeouts for Savali. On 107 pitches, he was hard hit one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times. Sometimes hard hit balls work out in the pitcher's favor. You know, you obviously want to see more little fire icons next to your batter's names than your pitcher's names when you're looking at your own box score. But sometimes, sometimes pitching a contact works, and Savali knows how to make it work. I mean, the dude is five and zero on the season now. So clearly he knows how to make it work right now. He has been a revelation this season. As much as Shane Bieber has saved us, right? Bieber is coming to pitch you know, to kind of kill losing streaks, get a win back, you know, get us back in the win column. Savali so has been a revelation this season. He obviously changed a ton in the offseason. They spent all spring training talking about it. And it's working. He's 5-0 and to start the season. I mean, the dude is legit. It's not flashy. Right, he's not going to be, uh, he's not going to be destroying the leaderboards uh, when it comes to strikeouts or whip or anything like that. But he might be, uh, he might be up there in that win column by the end of the year, which you may say, oh, the wins don't matter anymore. But I'd say for a guy like Savali, it matters because he's going out there not to lead the league in strikeouts, probably not going out there to win a Cy Young. He probably knows, you know, that's not the style of pitcher he is. He's going out there to get a W. That is his goal every time he takes the mound. And it's working this season. 5-0. It is working. And it's working for the Indians. I mean, we couldn't be doing this without our starting pitcher. Yesterday, yeah. Yesterday, we hit the ball all over the field. But this season would not be working without our starting pitching. And without our bullpen. Uh... Quantrill survives the eighth inning. He gave up a hit and a walk, but Quantrill has been pitching better of lately. His ERA on the season is down to 212. Wickren does give up the home run to Tyler Naquin. He should know better than giving Naquin a low pitch to hit, but that's the only hit he gives up. Uh, He then gets three outs and gets out of the ninth inning. Nick Wickren has been taken out of high leverage situations, and uh, that's kind of his role right now. Um, Seems like a great dude, but just not just not locked in this season like we've seen him in years past. Uh, not as reliable as he's been in years past. So a little bit different of a role for Nick Wickern than we probably all thought he was going to be in. All right. Looking back at uh, Castillo versus Savali, what was Castillo doing that Wade Miley was able to do so effectively the night before that Castillo wasn't able to do? If you remember, we talked about Miley had a plan, right? He was attacking the Indians hitters inside with his fastball. He was mixing his breaking pitch and his changeup to opposite corners of the plate, right? Letting each pitch dominate a different side of the plate. Not Castillo. I will say the fastball was up and the breaking balls were down. But other than that, there's no plan of attack here. The fastballs are all over and there are a ton of pitches in the strike zone. Um, The fastballs, yeah. Uh, there are a ton in the middle of the plate. Left, right, it didn't matter. He was throwing them all over the place. And the same thing with the changeup and the the slider. They're spread all over, a ton in the strike zone. He'd throw it in, out, left, right, you know, all over the place. So the Indians hitters really had a much easier time locking in, I think, against Castillo where if it's up, it's a fastball. If it drops, it's a breaking ball or a changeup. So let it rip, and they did. I mean, the Indians hitters definitely let it rip, and there's not much of a speed difference between that changeup. The changeup comes a little bit faster, 87.4 average miles per hour, as opposed to the slider that comes in at 84 miles per hour. Not huge speed difference. So as an Indians hitter, you really could. If it's up, you're swinging at a fastball. If it's down, you know it's that breaking ball, that off-speed pitch. And you could sit back on it a little bit. Uh, He did not give us much to guess about yesterday. And the Indians hitters had absolutely no problem hitting him. They took 46 swings yesterday. They only had three whiffs. They only swung and missed three times yesterday on uh, 46 swings on 84 pitches. His CSW on the day was only 17%. The only pitch that was a little bit effective was the slider because he was able to get six called strikes on the slider. 17 swings, they didn't miss one fastball, not one whiff on his fastball. 17 swings on the changeup, only one whiff. And we know the Indians hitters struggle against a changeup. Uh, on the opposite end of things, Savali, he was doing a little bit more with his pitches. He was really, really working the right edge of the plate the entire game. Whether it was a lefty or a righty up there, the fastball and the cutter were up and in that right corner of the strike zone. A few cutters down, but still on the outside edge of that strike zone, that right edge of the strike zone from the catcher's view. And then the curveball he was throwing down and keeping it out of the strike zone. The curveball only... I mean maybe only 4 curveballs were actually in the strike zone last night. Everything else was down out of the strike zone. So, yeah, you're chasing that fastball and then you're chasing that curveball in the dirt. He was not going to give, he was not going to hang one last night and give someone a chance to uh to hit one out on him. Uh speaking of that, speaking of hitting one out, before I get off the Indians offense, before I forget about it, The Indians did all that offense last night without a home run. This is a team that's been known as a home run or nothing team, as a team that can only score via the home run. And they put up nine last night on the Reds without a single home run. I wanted to make sure I got that in there today. Sometimes there's just so much in these games. There's there's so much to talk about that little details like that that I think about while watching the game or reviewing the box score get left out. There's things... At the end, as soon as I hit publish on these episodes, there's always something that I'm thinking like, oh, I forgot to talk about that. Uh, so I'm glad I got that one in. Not a single home run yesterday. They really rallied to make it all happen. But yeah, Savali's pitch mix was great, and it proves it by looking at the player breakdowns on baseball Savant because his CSW was a very respectable 26%. It's a little bit below league average, but he's a pitch-to-contact kind of guy. Um, the cutter was really effective for him. He had a 33% CSW on the cutter. Got seven called strikes on that. He had 10 whiffs on 49 swings. The Reds whiffed 10 times on 49 swings against him. A much better percentage than Castillo opposing him. And of course, Savali just throws a ton of pitches. Fastball, cutter, curve, splitter, slider, sinker. Um, He really is spinning the ball all over the place when he's out there on the mound. So, yeah, so that's the storylines. Uh, great game for the Indians, and probably, probably the last game of the weekend. We'll see what they do about this the final game of the Ohio Cup, because I know the Indians need to win this one to hang on to that thing, and we all care about the Ohio Cup very deeply here, right, in Cleveland, um, being very sarcastic there. And, uh, I mean, it, it's fun. It's fun that there's a little. there's actually is a little trophy about it, but uh it's just it's kind of a silly thing cuz in the end what what does it really matter um, it's not even like we trash talk the Cincinnati Reds fans that much it's it's almost a more fun rivalry than it is a heated rivalry right when we face Detroit or we face Pittsburgh like that's that's some serious business right and when Ohio State faces Michigan i mean families have been split up over that i don't think any families have ever been split up over the Reds versus the Indians. I think everybody's like, oh, hey, nice. The Reds are playing the Indians. All right, cool. Uh, Battle of Ohio, right on. I got tons of friends that have moved to Cincinnati. My best friend is down there in Cincinnati. He goes to the Reds games. He's like, yeah, it's nice to go to a baseball game. I'll root for the Reds as long as they're not playing the Indians. Uh, So, yeah. so A little bit different of a rivalry, but still fun. Still fun to have an in-state opponent to play. Um yeah so if you look at the radar it just looks like it's going the rain is gonna destroy Cleveland today so I, I believe they've already like canceled all the minor league games in our system. I've all been ringed out uh, preemptively today so we'll see if they actually play Indians have an off day tomorrow uh, before welcoming the Cubs. Cincinnati goes to Pittsburgh so I mean that's not even they have a six o'clock game in Pittsburgh tomorrow so I mean they can hang out all night, right? If the weather clears up by eight o'clock, they could play, get on a bus tomorrow morning and be in Pittsburgh by, you know, you know, McDonald's will still be serving breakfast by the time they're in Pittsburgh. Not that I would ever endorse a McDonald's breakfast. Um, Yeah, so we'll see if they stick around and play this game or they're just like, look, Cleveland's gross. The entire Midwest is gross today. Let's just reschedule this thing sometime. All right, before we get out of here and wrap this up, we, of course, have to do MVP for the day, and you know I considered a lot of guys for this. Savali pitch great. I almost gave it to Ahmed Rosario just for his hustle alone. I mean, the only guy that doesn't get a hit, but probably the guy who was running the base pass the hardest, but in the end, you know what? I'm going to give it to Cesar Hernandez. He was only one for five on the day, but that one hit was a huge triple, a Bases clearing triple that really felt like the it felt like the one that really blew this game open and just buried the reds, right? We were up three to one, I think, at that point. Savali so had been working with some runners on. He, you know, he had been fighting his way out of trouble, and that hit from Zazar Hernandez just that just really put the game, the win probability, all that in the Indians' favor. So I'm giving Cesar Hernandez, it's only one hit, but it's at the perfect time with the bases loaded. And triples are awesome, right? Triples, as much fun as home runs are, to see a guy fly around the bases and making it a third. Cesar Hernandez, you get MVP for the day. Go enjoy your mother's day. Tell your mother you love them, And if you are a mother, have a great day. We appreciate you all right that's all my thoughts thanks for joining me on this cleveland baseball morning if they do play today if they do it's supposed to be Henches on the mound there's been no announced opener uh so we'll see if they do play if hench's actually gets the start you can follow me on twitter at Davey barris you can email the show at cleveland baseball mornings at gmail.com let me know your thoughts on the game and we'll discuss them on the show Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash ClevelandBaseballMornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.